Take your Bibles and turn with me to Isaiah 52. And today I want to talk to you about let Jesus set you free. We're in the messianic part of Isaiah. And uh, in chapter 52, we are seeing the Lord Jesus Christ. And the whole text is about him and how he wants to set us free. You say, well, preacher, I'm a Christian. I don't need freedom. Well, let me talk to you just a minute, all right? When you become a Christian, God forgives you for all of your sins. He forgives you. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. The Holy Spirit comes to live within you, and you begin that process of growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You experience justification at the moment you get saved. God pulls you out of the miry clay, sets your feet on a rock, puts a new song in your heart, a song of praise to your God, and you are justified. Your sins are totally forgiven. Your past is washed away in God's eyes. And then you begin that part of uh, growing in grace, which we call glorification, where every day you're becoming more and more like Jesus. No, wait a minute. That's not, that's not it. Justification and sanctification, excuse me, I got my cations off, all right. Sanctification, you're growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then when you die, you experience glorification and you go to be with the Lord. You step out of this life, but you never stop living and you go into eternity, never miss a beat there. You go right on with the Lord. Now, somewhere along the way, you're going to figure out, even though you have been saved, even though you've gone through justification, regeneration, and you're in that process of sanctification, you're going to realize that even though you're saved, you know the Lord, you've still got stuff hanging on you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Stuff is a Greek word, all right? And so, you've still got these weird desires, you know, these sinful, selfish desires. And when you get married, you find out, you know, even more so. You know, marriage is, a school, it is the school of sanctification, amen? And so, God uses you with each other to make you more like Christ. And all of a sudden, you're saved, and you say, well, why am I still desiring to do that? Why, why is this, what is that going on? Well, you're still in the world, you're still in this evil world system that hates Jesus Christ. It's always been here. That's why God says, don't love the world nor the things of the world. All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not from the Father, but it's from the world, and the world is passing away. This world is passing away, but it hasn't passed away yet, and we're in it. And this world hates Jesus Christ. This evil world system, I'm not talking about the terra firma, I'm talking about the world, the evil world system that the devil is the God of, little g, but he's the God of the evil world system that is against Jesus Christ and his people. And he's constantly harassing us, constantly. I mean, you wake up, you go to bed, and you realize, I'm in a war. I'm not just full of the Holy Spirit and it's all, you know, going to be perfect till I get to heaven. No, I'm in a battle here. And it's in my mind, and I'm, I, I want to do good, Paul said. 
But sometimes he says, it's just like I can't do it. It's just like I can't get it done. The world is coming against me. My fleshly nature is coming up within me. My sinful nature. Oh, God has forgiven me for all my sins, but I still have this part of me that is warring with the Spirit of God in me. Billy Graham said, you have a war going on in you at all times. It's like you have two animals in you, if you will. You have a wild animal, and then you have the living God in you, and they're fighting with each other. And depending on which one of those you feed the most is the one that's going to win that day. You're in this battle, and you sense it. You say, man, I want to do good. It's like Paul. I want to do good, but sometimes I don't. You can read about that in Romans 7. And then you say, what if I, I mess up? When a liar is saved, he's forgiven, but he battles with temptation to lie still. When a glutton is saved, he's forgiven, but don't put a donut in front of him. He battles with temptation to overeat. When a fornicator is saved, he's forgiven, but he still battles with temptation to be more immoral again. Why is that? Because while we're in this world, God is making us more and more like Christ every day. Everybody that's saved is on his way to heaven. But now look at me. Please look at me. Everybody that's saved is forgiven. But everybody that's saved is not free. Not free. I'm talking about you're not free from the temptation to sin. And you've got to battle it. You can't just say, well, I'm saved. I'm in. I'm not worried about anything else. No, friend. You don't want to stay out of the war. You want to get in the war because you want to bring as much honor and glory to Jesus before you die as you possibly can. Now, what we're talking about today in Isaiah chapter 52 is Jesus can set you free. Let Jesus set you free. You're already forgiven if you're a Christian, but now you need to learn to walk in freedom. And this whole text is about Jesus setting you free. Let's walk through it very quickly and then we'll participate in the Lord's Supper. First of all, because he wants you to be set free, Jesus calls you while you're still in bondage. Write that down. Jesus calls you while you're in bondage. He doesn't call you after he sets you free. He calls you while you're still in bondage. Look at verse 1. Awake, awake, clothe yourself in strength, O Zion. People of God is what that stands for. Clothe yourself in your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean will no longer come into you. God's people to give you the setting again, have been exiled at the time of this text for decades, some in Assyria, some in Babylon. And they were slaves to Gentiles. That's the people he's talking about when he says the uncircumcised and the unclean. 
The Gentiles were lording it over the people of God. It was never meant to be that way. But because they sinned, God spanked them. He disciplined them just like he disciplines us when we sin. He disciplined them with ungodly people. Isaiah prophesied, though, and declared that God was going to liberate them and let them go back to Zion, let them go back to Israel. While they were still in bondage, God promised them freedom. Now look at verse 2. Shake yourself from the dust. Get the dirt off of you. Rise up, O captive Jerusalem. Loose yourself from the chains around your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Notice they're not to be passive. They're to be aggressive. Jerusalem was the capital of God's people, but the people of Jerusalem had been taken captive, as I'd already talked about, and most of them went away. Most of the people of Israel and Judah were killed, but the ones who remained and went into slavery went with chains on their necks, shackles on their feet, shackles on their hands, and they walked, even though they were the people of God, they were in slavery for decades, and they walked in bondage some to Assyria, some to Babylon. And he's saying here, you've got chains around your neck, but they're about to be released. Most of God's people understood this very well. They had been captive daughters of Zion. Now look at verse 3. For thus says the Lord, you were sold for nothing, and you will be redeemed without money. I sold you for nothing, but now I've redeemed you, but not with money. What I give, the redemption I give, cannot be bought with man's money. For thus says the Lord God, my people went down at the first into Egypt to reside there. That is, when the Assyrians came, they ran to Egypt. When the Babylonians came, they ran to Egypt. But it says, then the Assyrian oppressed them without cause. They went after them and pulled them out. Verse 5, now therefore, what do I have here, declares the Lord. You know, God talks kind of like us sometimes, does he not? What do I have here? seeing that my people have been taken away without cause. Again, the Lord declares, those who rule over them, how? And my name is continually blasphemed all day long. Now, underline that, the howling there. Let me look at me. When you go out and you mess up as a Christian, the world howls like wolves. Oh, they love it when Christians do wrong. Because they say, ah, see there, a bunch of hypocrites. Ah, look at them. They acted like they were so holy and pious. Ah, they've messed up. They howl. Do they not? There's a lot of howling going on on Facebook. There's a lot of howling going on on Twitter. Hallelujah, I've been set free, I got off. Amen, praise God. Amen. Got tired of that. That's a junkyard. Amen. You say, they're going to get after you. Who cares? I won't, I'll never see it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> praise God. Those who rule over them howl, and my name is continually blasphemed all day long. The Lord called them out while they were still in bondage. You can't watch many movies nowadays. They're so corrupt. Whenever I watch a movie, I like the ones that were made 50 years ago. I like the old movies. 
So, I watched one this week. And uh, Shenandoah. Oh, now we're talking. Yeah. And uh, the father, God, wanted his sons to be set free from bondage. But in that movie, in Shenandoah, it's the civil wars going on. And this Virginian farmer who had lost his wife, she had died at the birth of his youngest of seven boys and one daughter. And he called the youngest one boy. And he could say it had four syllables to it, but he said boy. Boy. And that youngster is very important in that movie because the old man said, I'm not involved. Yes, I'm a Virginian, but I don't have slaves. I don't believe in slavery. Slavery is wrong. I'm not going to fight for the Confederates. My sons are not going to fight for the Confederates because slavery is a sin against God. It is wrong, and I won't do it. And everybody was mad at him. And one day, boy was out fishing with a friend of his and a rebel cap came down and was floating. He put it on and before long the Union soldiers found him with that hat on and they thought he was a rebel soldier. He was 16 years old and they arrested him. And all up until that time the father said this doesn't concern us. This doesn't concern us. This doesn't concern us. But when his boy became a slave he said now it concerns us. And he went after his son who was enslaved and at the very end of the movie he had been mad at God because God had taken his wife he said when boy was born but at the very end they're in church and he's singing praises and his son whom he hadn't seen in over a year comes in on a crutch walking in and he found his son again now why do I tell you that story that father wanted his son to be set free from bondage. And you look at me, you've got a lot better father than that man in that movie. God has saved you. You're on your way to heaven. But don't you want to walk in freedom until you get there? Aren't you tired? I heard somebody said, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Aren't you tired? of the same old temptation wearing you out? Aren't you tired of not walking in victory? God's tired of it too. God's tired of it too. Christian, perhaps the devil and the world haven't attacked you yet, but I'm telling you, you won't continue to live for Christ in an aggressive way without the devil attacking you and your family. Don't let the devil shackle you with his sinful chains. Don't be a slave to this evil world. Don't rebel against God and let the pagans howl and blaspheme the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't want you to walk that way. And he is coming after you right now. He's calling you right now out of your chains. He's saying, come to me. He's calling you while you're still in bondage. Some of you walked in here, you got saved years ago, 
Thank God for that, but you've been living in sin, and you know that you're not growing in grace, and God is calling you, saying, come out of that today. Come out of that. Be set free from that today. Walk in victory today. Can you hear the voice of the Holy Ghost today? He's calling. He's calling you while you're still in bondage. And secondly, there's a little bit of a difference here. He called you while you're in bondage, and you should thank him for that because some of you don't even know that you're in bondage. You just think that's the way you're supposed to live. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saved, and, and I, I, I'll just be a liar until I die, but I'm going to heaven. You know, you don't have to live like that. He called you while you were in that situation. But the second thing is this, because he wants you to be free, he calls you out of bondage. He's not just saying, okay, I called you while you're in bondage. Now I'm calling you out of my, it's time to get set free. It's time to walk in freedom. Look at verse six. Therefore, my people shall know my name. Therefore, in that day, I'm the one who's speaking. Here I am. Jesus said a day would come when his people would know him by his name intimately and they'd hear his voice. Here I am. They no longer listen to their captors howling like wolves. Those brutal enemies would be gone. He was saying to these people in Babylon, I'm taking you out of Babylon. I'm going to take you away from these people that have beaten on you and ridiculed you for all these decades. I'm going to take you back, some of them for the very first time, and you're going to be in my promised land again. And then verse 7 is one of the most beautiful scriptures in the whole book of Isaiah. It's been sung by the people of God for centuries. We sang it this morning. How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news. How, who announces peace and brings good news of happiness. Who announces salvation and says to the people of God, your God reigns. Oh man. This is Jesus talking about Jesus. <laughs> this is Jesus talking about himself. He said, I'm the one. My feet are lovely. I have lovely feet because my feet bring the good news of salvation. My feet bring the good news. Announcing peace, shalom. To those who are in trouble, peace and shalom and bringing good news of happiness. I'm bringing salvation. I'm announcing salvation. I'm saying to the people of God, your God reigns. Look at me today. The Republicans do not reign and the Democrats do not reign and man does not reign and communism does not reign and socialism does not reign. God reigns. God reigns. Jesus is on the throne. Get that in your mind. And stop believing all the hype on television. Television has gone nuts. Oh, but there are feet that bring good news. They're nail-scarred feet. They're the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And he comes to you today saying, I've got good news for you if you'll listen to me. Stop listening to the world. Get in my word and start listening to my voice. Listen. Listen. The more time you spend in the word, the more the Holy Spirit will speak to you in your heart. And you will hear his voice and you will know his voice because it will sound just like the Bible and it will sound just like Jesus because it is Jesus. It is Jesus. How lovely are those feet. I want to have beautiful feet, don't you? Amen. You know, feet are kind of ugly normally. That's why we put socks on them, I hope. But all your feet are beautiful if you go to tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen. You want beautiful feet? doesn't start with your feet. It starts with your heart. Tell people about Jesus. You'll have beautiful feet. Look at verse 8. Listen. Your watchmen. Oh. Lift up their voices. They shout joyfully together. They will see with their own eyes when the Lord restores Zion. God's going to restore. God's going to revive his people. Break forth. Shout joyfully together. Oh, we don't do that in a Baptist church. Well, it's time to start. I want you to know how to shout and praise God because I don't want you getting to heaven and not know how. And somebody asks you, who was your pastor? Don't you tell them me. I told you to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Amen. If you're living in sin, get right with God before you start shouting, all right? But when he redeems you and sets you free, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. They will see with their own eyes when the Lord restores Zion. Break forth, shout joyfully together, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm. I got news for you. I don't know what Schwarzenegger looks like now, but I'll guarantee you Jesus is a lot more buff than him. Amen? Bears his arm. Aren't you glad for the arm of God? Aren't you glad that he pulls you out of the miry clay? He is not too weak that he can't pull you out. Your sin's not too great. Oh, he's bearing his arm, his holy arm in the sight of all the nations. He's showing himself strong that all the ends of the earth may see the salvation of our God. And then some of my favorite scriptures, you say, you say it every week, Brother Steve, that's right, verse 11. Depart. If you're living in sin, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what God's saying. He's calling you by name. Depart. Depart. Come out of her. Touch nothing unclean. Go out of the midst of her. Purify yourselves, you who carry the vessels of the Lord. You say, who are the people that carry the vessels of the Lord? Well, Contextually, it was the people that carried the ark. Look at me. You didn't, you didn't care, touch that thing. You didn't get close to that thing with unconfessed sin in your life or you would die. You had to be holy to carry the ark of God. You know what? The ark of God represents the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're saved, he's in you. You're carrying him. You ought to live a holy life. Not to be flirting around with sin all the time. It is a dangerous thing 
to be a Christian and to dabble with sin. Man, the minute your heart starts to edge off that way, just pull it back. Say, no, in Jesus' name, no. The moment the devil puts a fiery dart in your mind and you have that thought that you shouldn't have, say, no, I reject that in the name of Jesus. Just, I tell you one thing, just say, that ain't going to happen. No way. It can be anything. It can be a piece of pie. I had somebody ask me the other day, what kind of pie you like? I said, round. <laughs> and I have to say no to it a lot. Because I don't want to be a glutton. Some of you have to say no to liquor. That doesn't bother me. I, I'd, I'd be around that all day and I don't want any of that. Some of you are tempted by lust. Some of you are tempted by pornography. Some of you are tempted by worldliness, wanting things. You think that things are going to help you. See how many things you put in your casket when you die. All that stuff you think your kids are going to have forever, they're going to sell it or give it away to goodwill for a tax break. <laughs> Depart. Come out of this world. Go out from there. Depart. Depart. When God says something twice, get after it. It's urgency. Touch nothing unclean. Don't try to take the Babylonian idols with you back to Jerusalem. Don't take the world with you after you get saved. Purify yourselves. Only God can cleanse you, but you have to put yourself in a position to be cleansed. You have to confess and forsake your sins and say, God in heaven, have mercy on me. Purify yourselves, you who carry the vessels of the Lord, verse 12, but you will not go out in haste. No enemy is going to chase you. Oh, I like this. This is, going, this is good. Hang on to verse 12. Nor will you go out as fugitives. You're not going to go out with some bad reputation and live just barely the rest of your life, just barely getting by. You're not going out as a, a slave. You're not going out in haste. You're not going as a fugitive. For the Lord will go before you. Does that bless you right there? The Lord will go before you. Is it a blessing to you to think about if you're walking with the Lord that you don't take a step today that the steps of Jesus Christ and his nail-scarred feet, the steps of the Lord, you don't walk in one place that his feet have not already been today. But that's not all. I'm walking up this way. I know God's in front of me. If the devil's up there, the devil better get out of the way because he's not better, better or bigger than God. God can handle all that. I'm not worried about today. God's walking before me. Ah, oh, but there's something else. Did you see it? Have you already sneaked a peek at the rest of the verse? Ah, oh, look at this. But you will not go out in haste, 
nor will you go as fugitive, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear God. He's not only in front of me. He's behind me. That's why Jesus said, when you put your hand to the gospel plow, don't look back. You can't plow looking back, Jesus said. If you look back, Jesus said, you're not fit for the kingdom of God. Once you put your hand on the gospel plow, just go forward. Look at me. God's going before you. He's with you and praise his name. He's got your back. Amen. God doesn't want you living in the past. That's the devil saying, oh, hey, you remember when you did this? Nope. I'm not looking back. I'm going this way. You say, Brother Steve, you've lost your mind. No, I found my mind a long time ago. Amen. I found my mind. I'm in my right mind. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm having a whole lot more fun than you are, I'll tell you that. I'm not trying to be cute. I'm telling you, there are times in the day when I literally get overwhelmed thinking about how good God's been to me. And I think about how he goes before me. I never, these feet never touch a place where his nail-scarred feet have not been. If I'll stay in touch with him. Now I can get off path. And you can too, but I don't want to. I want to walk as close to Jesus as I can. And I don't have to look back. Sometimes I want to. But Jesus is back there. And let's just be forthright. He's not only up there and back there. He's right here. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's over us. He's under us. He's in front of us. He's behind us. And praise God, he's within us. And we're in his hand. Can we give him praise right now and glory? Amen. Oh, man. God's going to call you out of bondage. Out of my bondage, sorrow and night, Jesus, I come. Jesus, I come. Into thy freedom, gladness, and light. Jesus, I come to thee. Out of my sickness, into thy health. Out of my want, into thy wealth. Out of my sin, into thyself. Jesus, I come to thee. He's calling you out of bondage today. Now you listen, and then I'm going to go to the last point, and then we're going to have the Lord's Supper. I believe God gave me these 10 things. Don't write them down. That's not for that. Just listen with your heart. He's calling some of you right now out of fear and anxiety. You have a spirit of fear on you. And God today is calling you out. He's calling some of you out of discouragement and depression. You have a spirit of despair on you. And God is calling you out. 
He's calling some of you out of wrath and rage. When you just blow up, God's calling you out of a spirit of anger. He's calling some of you out of worldliness and materialism. You've got a carnal spirit, and God is calling you out, not to love the world. Some of you are dealing with sarcasm and cynicism. You can't even talk without being ugly to people. God's calling you out. You've got a negative spirit. Some of you are dealing with condemnation, denunciation. You criticize all the time. You think it's your job to tell people and talk about people and how bad they are. You've got a critical spirit, and it is a sin against God, and he's calling you out. I've met people with that spirit, and they say, I'm a prophet. And it's all I can do to say, you're a false prophet. False prophets are critical. Amen. Some of you have negativism and pessimism, a foreboding spirit. Something bad's going to happen. Well, praise God, look at the sunshine. Yeah, well, something bad's going to happen. It's going to fall out of the sky. Some of you have a, you're constantly lying and you can't be honest. You have a deceitful spirit. Some of you are immoral, lewd, and you flirt all the time. I mean, you flirt with other people all the time. You know what that is? That's a Jezebel spirit. One of the most dangerous spirits in the Bible. And some of you have a radical and a spirit of dissent, and the Bible calls that a rebellious spirit that is like the sin of witchcraft because the devil was the first rebel. You hear how quiet it is in here? Devil doesn't like to be exposed, does he? Some of you say, I'm a Christian. I know, but you, some of you got this. Have you ever heard the word familiar spirit? What's the root word of familiar? Family. Some of you got it from your parents. Some of you got it from your grandparents. It's just been passed on. You know what? Years ago, 20-something years ago, Don and I drew a line in the sand, and we said, every familiar spirit that has been passed on through our family, we're breaking it in the name of Jesus. You don't have to pass that on to your children, your grandchildren. Those tendencies in those areas that you've been weak at all your life, you don't have to pass that on. Break it in Jesus' name. Break it in the power of the Word of God. You say, what do I do, Brother Steve? I'm about to tell you. First of all, you ask God for discernment. God, what is it that I'm dealing with? I, I constantly feel like there's this overwhelming thing over me that's just killing my walk with you. God, show me what it is, and he will show you. And once you see it, you don't have the power to get it off it, but you have the authority, and there's a big difference. You say, in the name of Jesus, I come against, let's say spirit of fear. I come against the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. I bind you in Jesus' name through his shed blood by the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God. I recognize you and I bind you in Jesus' name and I command you to leave me and my family along and I bring the blood of Jesus against you, the word of God, the spirit of God and the power of, all God, of God's name in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I give it to you now 
I praise you, I bless you, I renounce it, I turn from it, and I will walk in freedom. You say, it's that simple, it's that simple. You may have to do it day after day for a while. But after a while, you know what it gets down to? It gets down to this after a while. You've done it so many times, you'll get down to this. That ain't going to happen. That ain't going to happen. No way, Jose. That's not going to happen. I'm not going there. If you're not living in freedom, you need to listen to what I just said. Recognize it. Renounce it. Rebuke it. And stand against it. Walk in victory.